You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey everybody, Sarah Box here, No Labels, No Limits podcast. This is week two of our three-week series with Ken Fay and myself. Um, and if you recall, last week we started the conversation around heart-centered storytelling, and it was all about the setup. So when we get going here in a minute, um, I'm going to ask Ken to just briefly touch on what were the main components of that, because today we're going to talk about the turn, which is a specific piece in a storyteller's framework. And as Ken is going to say, no, I'm not going to tell you what he's going to say. <laughs> we're going to do it because I'm going to, if you don't say it yourself, I'm going to prompt you or ask you a question about because I thought it was kind of cool and insightful when you did that. Okay. So, and if you ha don't recall from last week, Ken is an Emmy award winning filmmaker. He is also someone I teach classes with, and he's just a great fun guy who is very evocative in how he uses language to paint pictures that pop up in your head which is nice part of storytelling, right? To get people engaged. So Ken, welcome back for the second episode. Sarah, great to see you as always, my friend. Great to be back here. Well, let's, yeah. let's do a quick little review like any good teacher would do and say, okay, you remember in our last class we talked about, so in our last class, we talked about the setup. So just give us like the high level, what are the key components in a setup? Setup is everything that you want your audience to be a part of, that you want to introduce to your audience the faces, places, and spaces around your message. You want to set up the narrative thread. You want to put them in a space and a place where they can start to envision themselves in your narrative story. That's so it's very setup. personal. Yes, you make it very personal. What's interesting, though, that we didn't talk about last week, though, is that setup, yes, it's personal, but you could be, that setup could appear differently and everyone that's watching your piece because they have their own life experience. So it's kind of like when you read a book, you see the, the colors, the places, the spaces, the descriptions. It may look different to me than you, but yet we're both in that same space when we read the book. So it is setting up a stage for your audience to be interesting. In. Probably one of the reasons, because we, like you said, we're all bringing our own experiences to the story, if you will whether we're telling it or someone else is telling it, um, it does influence how we experience the setup. And now today we're going to talk about the turn. So before we get into the details of the turn, Ken, what the heck do you mean by that term? The turn. So the turn is exactly what it is. So as a heart-centered storyteller, you set everything up you're bringing someone through a narrative story, right? You're giving them facts and figures, emotions. You're outlaying everything for these folks that are watching your message or your story. The turn is the, aha, the turn is that moment where you grab them. The turn is the moment where your audience goes, whoa, I didn't see that coming, or I'm connected to this character, or 
I'm connected to this message suddenly. I've, I was going in one direction and you totally turned it on me. If you think about any joke telling, any stand-up comedian, any joke, these are all the same parts that are played out. And that turn is the moment where you go, ha, that's funny. It's that moment where you go, oh, I get it. I get it now. I get it and it's funny or I get it and it's meaningful or I get it and I am choked up because it's so powerful what I'm witnessing. It doesn't matter how it's done. That's the turn moment. Okay. So the turn is the aha, right? The I yeah. get it. And my I get it may be different than your I get it. And where it falls on the timeline. I may have the aha moment after you. You may see it, feel it, and experience it prior to me where you're like, oh, wow. that!" And then you may, you, how many times have you been in a movie or with a friend reading a book or what you? And you go, what do you think? Did you get that part? Oh, did you? and your friend's like, oh, and then it hits them after it hits you. So it, it doesn't happen exactly at the same time, but the trick is that it happens, right? That's that turn moment. That's that part where you just have that feeling that comes to you through the narrative, right? If I'm telling you about some ancient story about hunting down woolly mammoth, and I get to that point where we find the mammoth and we bring it down and everybody's okay, ah, that's the turn moment. Because all to that point, I was setting you up with it was cold out and we were, we were lost and it was dark, but then there it was, right? So think it back, go back to our ancient roots of, of storytelling, right? As an example, but the turn is that moment. The turn is that moment from at that point and anything we tell where you get the aha, and that changes the narrative. So let's make it, put it in context. Um, well, I, let me, I, this is how the turn goes for me. I mean, sometimes I'm the first to get something, but generally not. And um, I'll be watching a show or something with my husband who is pretty quick, like he can project. With The joke is you might be, you might as well just be writing this, right? Because he'll go, oh, yeah, this is how it's going to play. I'm thinking, I don't know. So. But I'll be going, okay, what do you think? Just like you did. This is the thing. I'm watching this at the same time you are. I'm going, doesn't matter because I bet you're five or six steps ahead. But we do experience it very differently, right? So we can watch yeah. the same thing and I can go, oh man, I can't believe that happened. He goes, that's the only way it could have happened. I'm thinking, you know, so it's like we both have a different experience or involvement with something. Um, right. Yet we're watching the same thing. How is that possible, Ken? Well, it goes back to having your own experience. Um, some of us are visual people. Some of us are auditory people. Some of us um, piece things together in a different narrative in our head as characters are coming to light. How many murder mysteries, for example, have you seen? The classic stuff, even Sherlock Holmes, where you're not sure where it's going. You're not sure who did it. The butler did it, right? Or, or all these little parts and pieces where you're always, you have a preconceived notion for where you think the story is going to go. The trick for the writer is to break that on you or embrace it in a way that you go, oh, and it's this, it's this almost this like joyful moment um, in many cases where you just latch onto it and you're like, oh, that was so good. Oh, I'm so, that, that was a really good way for that to work out. You know, you kind of relish the moment where you figure it out because we're all in a narrative, we're all detectives. Honestly, we have all the parts and pieces, no matter what kind of narrative you're listening to, you have all the parts and pieces and you're detecting throughout the narrative. You are always gauging, where is this going? What's going to happen next? What's the turn? Literally the turn in the story. And that's where that would come from. The turn in the story, the aha moment where you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Or I totally saw that coming, but yet 
it's very enjoyable that that's what happened because that person may have been paying attention further back into the whole setup that they saw no other way. Now, if the story's told in a lot of different directions where these angles can change, that's more intriguing, right? Because you're not sure where it's gonna go, but you give your audience enough pieces so they start to figure it out because that's where they're, that's where they're investing. They're investing in your message. They're investing in the time to hear your message and you wanna give them something to take. And I think too, when, you know, to your point, if people are investing in the message or the story, it feels wrong. This is a personal opinion, but it feels wrong to me to pull the rug out from under them and go, gotcha. It almost feels like a bait and switch. It's not gotcha in a good way, like, hi, you never saw that coming. And that's just what you were hoping would happen. It wasn't that kind of gotcha, like, aren't you surprised, happy. But it's kind of like, you never finished. I don't know, what was the point of getting me all riled up like that or all engaged, hoping something would happen and then yeah. nothing happened. And so is that, that part of your framework? Well, that, that's something you need to take into account. So as you're an, as a narrative storyteller, as a, as a heart-centered storyteller, as someone who's got a message to give, again, whether you're selling this product or you're selling an idea or an organization or a message or whatever it is, you need to create a narrative thread that pulls your audience through to the end. You don't want to get to the middle of that thread as you just described and cut it and they fall away. You want to keep them with you enough that they get it. Now, you can challenge them. Messages that challenge are great but you don't lose them. You don't shake them loose on purpose necessarily. You wanna keep them engaged. And so you need a vehicle for storytelling, whatever that is. So if that's the theme, if that's the feeling, sometimes vehicles of a story could be the music or the, the, the actor or what, something that stays with your audience throughout the piece so that you can give them, guide them with information. Because as a storyteller, you're really guiding your audience down a narrative path. Right. And they can wander in and out and that's all good. But you're always up front with that big white flag and you're saying over here, I'm over here and I'm going to keep moving this direction. Your audience can wander and they can come back into that, but they'll come back to that trail. You want to leave them with you. You don't want to lose anybody in the museum. Right. When those big groups that go to museums, you don't want to lose anybody. <laughs> so let's all stay together. because You all get back on the bus because I got to count each one of you when you get back on the bus. You want to take them with you. right? Yeah. What happened to the rest of the group? What do you mean? Right. Not so, and that's suspension of disbelief, right? In storytelling, there's a there's this thing, this art and a science to storytelling, and when your audience suspends their disbelief, they got off the bus, they left the museum, they're not in line anymore. They're <laughs> they, in they somebody left. else's like, narrative. They're in, and it could be their own narrative took over. So, you got to leave it just enough, yeah. Okay, so can you give me a couple of your favorite examples of turns, like? places either things you've created or that you've been in the story like following along with someone where you just went oh, that was such a great one i love that one you know th so this is a small turn but this was a very this is an emotional turn if anyone remembers the movie forrest gump okay you know movie came out years ago what have you it sticks with me though there's this scene where forrest gets back with his the girlfriend that he had all his life and this is later in their years and he shows up and there's a child watching television and sitting on the floor of that living room and Forrest, the actor, right? He's standing there and, and, and um, the woman is standing there with him and he looks over at this child and he's, he's saying, is that, that my, is that Arch? Is that my child? That moment 
it's such an emotional moment. But when they're watching television and they both turn their head the same way, that moment is like a turn moment, right? It's a small piece. And it's just, it's just an example though, but that's the moment where your audience just goes, oh, that's so sweet. That was just a sweet moment, right? Like these characters have gone through all these challenges, but there's this healing moment. There's a healing moment for this character. And there's just one aspect of that film where there's a healing moment for that character. Well, that's, that's the kind of an example I would say that that's, you know, that kind of thing where you want to, you want your audience to take them to a point where they go, oh, yeah, I get it now. I see it. I'm glad for my character. I'm glad my, I said my character because you invest yourself in the character and, and as a writer for anything, for donors, for organizations, that message is your character. You want people to align themselves with your message so that when your message takes a turn, they go with it and they feel good about that turn. I mean, that's, that's a great outcome, right? Well, and it's so human. Yeah. It's human. It's human experience. That's because, all we're talking about. Yeah. Well, and I just, as you were talking about that, I'm going, Oh, I remember that part. And at some point earlier in the movie, you're thinking, that's so tragic. Things went the way they went or it's sad, whatever. It was life. Things happened. Yeah. But at the it's end, life. to see that, you're going, oh, you know what? Sometimes things just work out perfect. And you don't know if they ever will. You just, but it was, you just go with it. it was sweet. A sweet moment, right? And there's so many moments like this. And think of any favorite film that you have out there. I bet you think of a sweet moment. I bet you think of a moment that just made your heart melt. And that melting of the heart moment, is an aha moment. That's an example of the aha. Um, it could be something with an action movie. That's, it doesn't have to make your heart melt. It could be this thunderous pounding in your chest. That's the aha moment, or that's that, that turn moment, right? That's that moment. And it could be where you've delivered a message to your donor base, in this case, right, with nonprofits. And they, they, they show this story of a child on the street. And all they're asking is, for, is just for someone to see them, that they're not alone. When you have your audience see that moment, that's a turn. Now they see themselves as the child and maybe uncomfortably as the person that kept walking past that child. That's a turn moment. That's the moment you're going for. You set everything up to bring them to that point because the next part is the furthering of the narrative. You wanna bring them through it too. You don't wanna leave them there, bring them through that point. Yeah, leaving someone there to me feels very um, manipulative and yeah. mean. It, it, unless it's a positive leave, but still, it feels mean. You know, right. why would you do that? Why would you just kind of make, put that there, right? Without any hope or resolution or what we're going to talk about next episode, transformation. So, um, but I, I'm wondering if you could talk just a little bit, let's make it tiny. Um, when we talked about the setup, we talked about the components of it, the places, the faces, the spaces. When you start building a story and you're talking about the turn, are there specific components for a turn that you want us to think about, Ken? Like similar to, you know, the places, yeah. faces, spaces thing? Yes. You need to put yourself in your audience. You need to define who your audience is or the person you're trying to reach. That doesn't necessarily always happen or always happen correctly. But if you can kind of get a feel for where your audience will be in the telling of your story as you set everything up for them, when you get to that point of turn, you have, they'll be along for the ride enough that you'll know where to take them from there. 
So you need to develop that world enough that they that is believable and that they're there with you throughout the throughout the journey. So they get to the turn, right? Again, going back to the idea of a museum and people wandering off. You want them all kind of with you when you get to that important bridge that crosses that river. You want everyone to be lined up and ready to cross the river. Some will cross sooner than others on the bridge, which means some people get it sooner than others, as we discussed. But you want everyone to come across that point so they all get that something stirs within. That's what you want to get to some stirring within, whether that's comedic or that's sorrow or that's even anger or whatever it is. You, you need to stir something within a little bit. That's the turn moment. So let me ask you this in our first. And, yes, go ahead. You know, say, and, and by extension, a turn is a, is even a further setup to a transformative moment. OK, so it's it's expanding it out. Yeah. So that that made me wonder, we you know, in the previous episode, we talked about um, our own stories. We can be telling ourselves our own stories. Um, but I'm also wondering, in this case, when we think about being super strategic within an organization, not necessarily from a donor perspective, but from team engagement, right? And so I'm thinking about the places, the faces, the spaces. I'm particularly thinking about my team, the people I work with day to day who are, you know, who have stepped up and are engaged in the work. When, let me see if I can frame this question, but if... I'm thinking about the turn. So I've spent time thinking about the setup. The turn in that case, what I'm hoping for is to get them to a transformation of how they envision their role or their, yeah. you know, the their yeah. agency, like their level of ownership is what I, it's like. I want them to feel that, right? So right. If, I'm, if I'm, and that would be later, we'll talk about the transformation. So when we've done the setup and we start going into the turn, what might be signposts for me as someone who's crafting a story that the turn is either working or it is not working? It's going to be a moment that it's fluid, but it's, it's, to, it's a point where you start to realize as you watch your audience follow through with this, right? Um, so again, let me back up for one sec. Really, the entire conversation that you're going to have with your audience doesn't just end when you finish your message. It continues with their reaction to your message. It's not a one, it's a two, it's a two-way conversation. It's not a one-way out. It's a two-way conversation. So by defining your audience in the case that you're speaking to, so by defining your workforce, you know, not defining telling them who they are, but understanding your workforce, okay? By understanding them and then by putting yourself in their position, looking back at you as you relate your message will give you a better feel for when that turn moment's gonna happen, when you've touched on their pain points or when you've hit their loyalty buttons or when you've talked them through this big thing that you've all gone through as a team and you've bonded together. When you understand how it's reacting with your, with your colleagues, then that's that moment where you can better define where the turn is gonna be and how you're gonna be able to parlay that turn into some sort of a message or conversation. So as a leader, you wanna be able to always connect with your audience. You wanna always connect with your, with your team. You wanna be charismatic and you wanna be firm, focused and friendly with your messages, right? But you gotta understand who you're talking to. You, got, you need to understand them, not to, again, not to define them and change them, but to understand where they are. 
so that you can speak their language and you can talk to them in a way that lifts the, everything forward. Especially as a leader, you want to lift everyone up, right? You want to, you want, in a way, you're serving them. You, in fact, you are. You're serving yeah. them. You're giving them the foundation and the structure, and you're giving them so that they can do the amazing job they do every day. You need to understand that part. So that you then can lead because it's not done by one person it's a collaborative effort and storytelling is collaborative that's why it's a conversation it's not just a one way through so understanding it requires some empathy correct totally yeah there's emotional eq you need to have there's an there's there's a there there's it this touches on everything you need to understand them and what they do in their day-to-day -day run whether whatever that task is understand the task right so in my in, in the case of a storyteller I want to understand the audience that I'm trying to go for. What are their pain points? What, where are they in life? What are they dealing with? You know, if I'm, if I'm thinking about nonprofits and donors, right, and, and the issues that face our society, I want to think about, well, what, what are the people in, that, in our society feeling and thinking and doing? What, what's, what is hammering on them so I can speak to that? So I'm not just talking, talking, but I'm talking to them but, and understanding them. So there's an emotional quote you know you need to have emotional iq to, and empathy to do that to a point right and you want to get lost in the message you want to be you want to help them get to the message you want them to hold on and you want to pull them through the message right because you want to get them to the transformation this isn't about wallowing this is about no. evolving evolving the evolution of the narrative is is all these three parts it's set up, turn, transformation. And, and the evolution of the narrative is the narrative continually changes in our every day, right? The way you woke up this morning, what's going to happen to you later tonight that you have no idea about? We're all living a story that's already being played out. We're just the main character. So be your own hero. Be your own main character. You know, interact with others and, and, and help people walk through their narratives. So the, the narratives that we tell ourselves are powerful. Whether they're true or not, they're powerful. And if they're not going to be true, let's make the, the made up ones be positive, if nothing else. You know, when you were talking about that, that the narrative changes, it reminds me of how powerful um, the skill, which I do not profess to have this skill. I just, when I watch it in others, I just think, wow, that is so great. But in this day and age, I think like people who are good at improv, they are really good because we have to adapt, right? And so people who can like be given a new piece of information or a new situation and run with it and see different possibilities with it, right? I think right. that's such a great strength. And a yeah. uh, little tangent, but it's where would that be in a story? Like if you're, if say you and I are doing something and someone throws something at and we've got to pivot, yeah. is that at the turn or is that at the, what is it? <laughs> Where are we? That, in our I'm trying to get this in my yeah. head where to identify well, where I am. So talent, that's talent. Improv, we're, we're all improving. There's no script to what we're talking about right now. We're just talking. I'm talking right from what I've learned, experienced. I'm talking from the heart. I'm talking about the power of story. It's something I'm compassionate about. I'm improving it. Uh, you know, I, it's based upon experience and it's based upon conversations and, and, and life. But it's not that it's scripted in front of me. I'm just talking through it. So I'm improving. You're improving right now. You don't have a script in front of you. And not. as you go through your normal day of life, you don't have a script. So life is unscripted. We're constantly improving. So you have to be ready for what's thrown at you, right? And the trick of that is to understand that the audience is too. 
So even though you have them in a structured story of a message, you need to contend with all the other distractions of life that they're still contending with. Uh, there's a lot of narratives that can run along at the same time that are not necessarily connected, but we all have to work through it. That's why we have to focus sometimes on things, right? And so you move through those narratives. So as a storyteller, you need to help your audience forget those other narratives for a second, pay attention to this narrative. The world is really loud. And it's a, it's a question, it's a, it's a thing of turning the squelch, right? And, and changing that sound, that noise that we all have in our day so that I can hear the one tone I need to follow. And so that's part of the improv part. That falls into, that falls into the entirety of the piece. But it's, it's understanding it. You need to understand it. And if you can understand that and you can get good at that, then you can present to anybody. There's nothing that can stop you from that. Understanding your audience. So let's wrap this episode. Just quickly again, summarize for us or recap. What is the turn in the sequence of the three-part story? It's the aha. So all the setup is done. Uh, pretty much right the setup is done it's a it's a it's a moment in your narrative where your audience says oh or ah or ha it's that aha moment it's the moment where you've turned them like they they were following along and now they get it there's something else that just hits them and they want to get to the next piece which is usually toward the end of something right but you can have turns throughout your message but you, wherever you turn them you don't want to necessarily turn them back to where they were again there's a responsibility with storytelling, as you said, Sarah. You want to move them through a narrative. You can turn them a bunch of directions, but you want to keep them moving in a pathway as you've developed your arc, your narrative arc, your thread that you're pulling them through. That's the turn. The turn is that aha moment. So, Ken, this is episode two. We're going to come back next week and talk about the transformation. But folks, before we do that, Ken and I wanted to share with you, if you didn't listen last week, go back and listen to last week, but we are going to be opening up the Spring Heart-Centered Storytelling Series. It's an interactive workshop with us where we help you get very specific about a story you want to tell, whether it's for yourself, for your organization, whatever. Um, Ken will walk through the framework, we'll go ahead and break it down, give feedback, and over the course of the time, over the six weeks, typically, this is not always what will happen with it, but typically people will produce a video of their story. And you think like, wow, how can I do that and my, maintain my day job and everything? It's easier than you think um, because it's not that difficult if you stay focused on these little tiny components. So the other thing to know about that is that we're capping it at 15 organizations so that we don't get spread so thin, you don't get attention, we want you to have attention. Um, and that also lets you give feedback to other folks and learn from just more, from more than Ken and myself, but you get great insights from other people about how your message is landing with them, right? So as Ken said, we all kind of come at stories differently. It's really interesting to see how other people receive the message. And you can say, I wonder if that's the message I meant to send. So Ken, what would you add there? Well, and that's the truth. You know, it, we all come from different directions. Our life experiences are all completely different, but yet we share the human experience. So this 
allows you to really kind of think about that part in messaging. You may not have had to think about that before. You may not be something that's top of mind for you. But when you come through this, you won't be seeing stories or movies or this the television the same way quite. You'll start to you'll start to understand the science and art of storytelling and what makes a power story. And you'll have some good fun along the way. Oh yeah, yeah. It's all like very like it's all very interactive. Absolutely. Okay, so that wraps up this episode. We will be back next week with the transformation. So come on back, um, check out the show notes, and you can get a hyperlink to the registration for this class. If this timing's not good for you, go ahead and click on it and get on a wait list. That's fine too. And once the class is full, We'll put you automatically on a wait list for the next time. We can let you know when it's coming up again. So thanks, and we will see you next week. Thank you. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.